All right, man. Boy, the difficulties of trying to get this episode out has been something else, man. Episode 16, The Cozy Corner of Cinema. Triple C right there, man. Gosh, I, I apologize for not getting this episode out yesterday. It's been such a busy past couple of days that I nearly forgot to record this today. But here we are. We have much to talk about. Um, and I hope to get to as much of it as I can. I want to give a little shout-out to user Durkey who's been commenting on a couple of the episodes and uh, pointed out that I have been pronouncing Gaspar Noe's name incorrectly last episode. I, uh, I think I used to actually call him Noe, and then I think I heard somebody else say no, and I think that's where I got it from. I'm not the best with names, but I do appreciate people pointing out so I can improve. All right, man. Gosh, July is always a busy month. If you're a physical media collector, man, for whatever reason, July is always one that it gets very expensive um many sales going on um got criterion of course arrow kino i think indicator just had a sale i i believe that the some of the bogart the bogart set that just was uh, released i think may have been on sale um shout factory has a sale going on right now with some of their box sets so it can be overwhelming especially if you're buying a lot it's uh, impossible to obviously see everything and you know you buy so many titles and it's just like you want to check out the features as well and which is why it's so much fun buying blu-rays because you get all of the supplements included making of documentaries commentaries everything but sometimes it can be very overwhelming to see it all especially if you're buying so much at a time which uh you know i tend to and uh, slowly get through. There are films that I've owned for many, many years that I just never get to or I get to later. I recently just watched The Cowboys with John Wayne. I've had that film for years in my collection, and uh, it was a phenomenal film. But, you know, you just watch what you can, man. You only have X amount of time, so you want to use it wisely. And... Uh, just placed an order last night, actually, for a couple more titles. I grabbed some of the Truffaut films I didn't own. I grabbed, uh, what did I grab? I grabbed The Soft Skin, Jules and Jim, um, Day for Night, The Last Metro. I didn't grab Shoot the Piano Player. I, I To be honest, I kind of forgot about that one because that's only on Criterion DVD. And um, I just, I don't know why, I just totally forgot that. It totally slipped my mind. Also, I grabbed the... Uh, Wim Renders Road Trilogy, the Decalogue set, John Frankenheimer's Seconds, uh, Eric Romer's Six Moral Tales. I didn't even know that. To be honest, I didn't even know Criterion put that out. I, uh, I, I was wondering the other day, I was like, I wonder if My Night at Mods has a Criterion. And then I looked it up and uh, saw that set, and I was like, man, that's just, there's no doubt that's definite buy. And uh, I've only just gotten into Romer, his work, um, I think I've only seen two of his films, which was My Night at Mods and Love in the Afternoon, and really, really big fan of both of those, so definitely looking forward to checking those out. And uh, same with Truffaut, I, I got into his work relatively fairly recently in the past couple of years. I've only seen uh, The 400 Blows, Day for Night, and Love on the Run, I believe might be the only three that I've seen. So I'm really looking forward to checking out some of his other work, Jules and Jim especially, is one that I'm really looking forward to. Big, big Truffaut fan. I've only seen a couple of his films, but he's one where uh, I just find something that clicks. His films kind of click for me more than some of the other French filmmakers, uh, French New Wave filmmakers, and um, 
you know, some I like more than others, but Truthful, for whatever reason, I, I just find to be making much more interesting films. And actually, speaking of French New Web, I just recently watched The Image Book, which was um, uh, Jean-Luc Godard's most recent uh, feature film, I believe. That was from 2018. I, I watched that for the 2018 episode, and, and I didn't bring that up because I'm not going to make the list, but it was a film that I liked a lot. Uh, had no idea what to expect from it, and um, it was very, very interesting. Very experimental. Um, I believe it's all either stock footage or footage from other films and compiled in a certain way of, of, of uh, not necessarily telling a narrative, but but kind of keeping a flow with the film. It kind of reminds me of uh, that film I, I talked about briefly a little while ago, The Afterlight, um, which did the same thing. It was a it was a single uh, 35mm print that was used all um, previous film footage and, and flowed a, made a not so much a narrative in terms of a, a cohesive story, but it, it kind of uh, uh, mirrored, a lot of things mirrored each other. You'd have characters walking a certain way and then opening doors and, um, you know, in, in, intercutting that. So, like, you know, you have a bunch of characters opening a door and you have a bunch of characters in the room. And it, it's a little difficult to explain, but um, I'm sure, I don't know if that film will ever be available or not. I, I imagine maybe i mean if he, if, if the i forgot who direct who was the the creator of that but uh I, I wonder about that speaking of films that they said wasn't going to come out memoria man i just saw a movie posted that's getting it's coming to a couple of their platforms so if you were on a on uh unable to go see it theatrically or you didn't get an opportunity to see it it looks like you'll get your chance man i uh it is funny how quick that came out because uh, they were very adamant about it only being theatrically run on tour. And then I think that, I don't know who's putting it out on Blu-ray in the UK, but that Blu-ray got announced and then it's coming to Mubi. So there it is. <laughs> I don't think it's coming to Mubi in the US though. I, I, uh, only certain of their platforms, but I'm sure if you have a VPN, you can just hop on um, or, you know, you can just go online and find it. You know, I don't feel bad about piracy even if you're not able to legally pay for it. If a, if a film, if you're legally unable to pay for a film, I say just just see it, man. I mean, obviously, you know, a, a smaller films I, I want to give money to I mean, small filmmakers who uh, you know don't have aren't aren't Marvel aren't, aren't these big companies where they're they're gonna be fine. Um, it's more so the the little guys who make these movies and you know try to. Do what you can, man. Um, anyways, man. So that sale's still going on till the end of the month. The keynote sale as well um, is just about, at the time of recording this, it uh, has a couple more days going. And I only mentioned that because somebody had just brought it up. Um, and I placed a small order there. I only grabbed a couple titles because, uh, like I said, you can, only, you can only get so much. I, I think a thing is that when you're... When you're buying so many titles, realistically, you got to look and, and, and see, you know, when are you going to find the time to watch it? And it can be very difficult. There's a lot of titles that um, I buy that, I guess, I like I said, I, mean, I don't get to for a long time. And, you know, but it's also just nice to own it, too. I, I think is there's definitely a specialty in terms of having a, you know, you outright owning a film. There are films that I have that... Uh, or I have no intention of rewatching anytime soon, but the but having it is one thing, and I guess it's all a matter of space as well. If you have the space, or if you have the means, you know, that's one thing. Just because mostly because um, you know, a, a big issue that I I get worried about 
more so is films disappearing, films being censored or alternate versions um, being the only available version. I mean, look at a film like The Exorcist where every time that film is uh, uh, screened theatrically on a major scale, wonder like, you know, Fathom Events or one of these kind of uh, distributors, it's always a director's cut because that's the one that William Freakin prefers. And um, the director's cut is uh, one that I'm just not too crazy about. It's, it's fine. It's, it's a lot of stuff, the, the, the images that they put in there and, and it, it just kind of takes away from some of the film, but the theatrical cut I believe is, is on Blu-ray, but it's to my knowledge is a little pricier and, and you can only get it to my knowledge in the, in the set that comes with director's cut. You can't just, you can't just buy it on its own, which is a shame, but that's, that's more so what I'm talking about in terms of, um, films being available or God forbid censored, man. Cause that's the thing too. I don't know if you guys ever heard about that. Uh, when I forgot where it was, it may have been in America. I don't know, but it was, uh, I think back to the future part two, maybe it wasn't America. It had to be somewhere else. Uh, it was on Netflix and a uh, scene in the film where, um, Marty finds the, uh, the sports almanac and he, he, uh, it, it's just the, the, the cover for it. it it's actually a, 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 I forgot, it was like some like, sort of, it was like a, like a porno magazine or something like that. But he looks at it and uh, he goes, ooh la la, you know, never not seen. I think they edited that. Uh, one of the Netflix regions edited that that shot out when he looked at the, um, the magazine. And it's, that's just frightening, man, because, you know, if you're watching that for the first time, you'll never know. And, uh, there's no, why they would even edit something like that out is very interesting. Why they would even do that. Actually, recently, and that's not to say that physical media won't um, give you a censored version, but in terms of having that version that's yours, that whatever changes they may make to it later, it's not going anywhere. Because even recently, I, I read that the criterion of Miller's Crossing is edited. There's um, two minutes cut out of that. There's some joke in the film, I guess, that either... I think the Coens may have edited it out. I really don't know. And X, X, and there's no indication anywhere on the disc or on the menu or on the um, packaging that it's an edited version. I'm definitely glad I heard about that because I was uh, going to purchase that at some point, but now I'm definitely not going to. Um, it's interesting when it comes to, to stuff like that. Why, you know, in terms of who who owns the film, who can do what with the film, and I don't know. That's why I like what Cop I like what Coppola does, where he does re-edit some of his films, but he still gives you the option. I mean, look at like Apocalypse Now. He had that the final cut of that on 4K, but he also gave you the theatrical cut and the Redux as well, which is nice. Um, I've had, I haven't watched the final cut of that. Um, I don't think I really have a whole lot of interest. To, to my knowledge, I think it's just all the footage that. Um, he it was just like all the footage overall and uh, which is you know i think it'd be an interesting curiosity piece kind of like with the cabal cut of nightbreed where it's just everything but i don't think it's necessarily the way to watch the film and um that i mentioned an interview a little while ago that he did with gq i think or one of those one of those websites uh where he just went through a couple of his films and he had talked about a little bit with apocalypse now and he wasn't the biggest fan of the redux version and uh the final cut was just a wave to kind of put it all there so it is interesting in that regard. And that, that 4K set is actually pretty terrific. Um, uh, I had rewatched Apocalypse Now uh, probably when that came out in 4K. And that, that's a film that just is 
I mean, it's something else. I, I may have talked about it before. I don't know. But yeah, but Apocalypse Now is just one of the greatest films of all time. It's just uh, kind of a miracle that the film came out as, as good as it was with the notorious production uh, on that film. And uh, the uh, documentary Hearts of Darkness as well, which kind of goes over that. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's very interesting, uh, that, that whole story. And uh, could even make for a film. If, if there's ever a film that I'd, I'd love to see... Uh, made about the production. It's probably the about Caligula because they're the stories on that film man are just completely insane. Just the insanity on set and um, the back and forth and, and and the editing and it's just oh my god. If you have the time, man, just man, someone's got to write a book about that. Maybe there is a book about that. I don't know, but man, I tell you, and Caligula is such a uh, it's a film that could only have been made at that time. It's so um, interesting. I mean, that whole film man is is wild i mean if you have ever seen the film it's just completely uh uh you watch it and you're just like my god man there there is this could not have been made now just mostly primarily for i mean for one the the stars in the film and you have you know renowned actors malcolm mcdowell peter peter o'toole helen mirren and then you have all these uh, just in just completely wild uh, uh, set pieces. There's this giant machinery that uh, pe- people are dug into the ground with their heads sticking out, and the machine comes by and just slices all their heads off. And 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 you know all the hardcore sex, all all the real sex going on. I mean, there is so much sex in Caligula. It, it's truly uh, uh, a film that. I don't know if you're supposed to watch it and uh, get any sort of arousing arousement from it because one minute you have uh, an orgy of flesh and everybody's having a good time with each other, and the next scene you're gonna get people getting stabbed and someone getting violently fisted, and it's just like, oh my gosh, man, what the what am I watching here? It's completely insane, and it's two and a half hours. So I mean, most adult films probably run. Um, the uh, ones I've seen run at, uh, you know, an hour for 20, mostly about an hour, 80 minutes or so less, um, two and a half hours or something else, man. It's, it's completely insane, but, uh, I recommend it, man. It's a cool movie. I'm actually quite a big fan of it. And, um, uh, actually Severin just put out the two other Caligula films. It was, a. Uh, Gosh, I can't remember the name of them. Jeez, Louise, I uh, it's, it's, but it's, it's insane, man. That that song in the film in, in Caligula always stuck with me. The um, what the hell's the name of that song? It's uh, it was "Hold Me Close." Uh, whatever it is, man. Gosh, man, Caligula. Where's the 4K of that, man? Actually, that Blu-ray might be out of print now. I have the uh, I have the Arrow UK Blu-ray, um, and I think the artwork on that kind of says it all. You have these nude, everyone's nude, and kissing and 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 having a good time then the, the foreground you have, a, you have a, a head flying by it's it's, uh, it's unbelievable man just the production on i mean this is a time when you could pre- you could get money for I, oh i don't know if i mentioned this well but penthouse uh put distributed the film as well it looks like it was their biggest hit they ever had um for for obvious reasons but it's wild when you could these times we could make these these giant films these giant controversial films too uh, not necessarily on uh, when i say giant i mean i mean like i mean like the scale of it the of how the sets and the people and the amount of people i mean you look at stuff like solo or goodbye uncle tom i mean that's the, jeez the, the, goodbye uncle tom as well as another film you can make a uh 
I'm making of about I can't wait for that Blue Underground 4K that that's coming out next year, man. And I just when I that got announced, I was like, oh my gosh, man! I can I can already see people just getting already upset with it. And next, uh, another thing I was talking about before in terms of just like a, a film like that that's controversial, um, I don't believe should ever be censored because it's a, it's an important film and I think I think it's a great film, but you know people who object to it it's, and it's fine. You have every right to object to it, man. This is America, you know. You 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 have your right, but I I think people don't um if they don't like something or they object to something they want other people to to not have it as well and i i find that completely uh, immoral and completely uh, uh uh people who don't appreciate art because whether or not you like or dislike the art if if you're prevent if you want to prevent someone from seeing something because it upsets you then you're um you're just you're just uh you know you just don't you don't appreciate art and there's, there's not a lot of wiggle room there for um, any other opinion on that? Because I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I was here. I heard a thing recently about uh, Grindhouse releasing. I guess um, they tried to have a showing of Cannibal Holocaust a couple years ago in LA, and that got like so much protest that it, they had to shut it down. And that's just completely insane to me. If you don't like the man, if you don't like the film, don't watch it. I don't have to tell you, you know. Um, any kind of any kind of film like that, but that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation that I'm not going to get into. But I just find it interesting. Uh, Solo as well. It's a it's a film that I'm a big fan of. Um, but just the the amount of extras in that film and just the uh, complete um, the all the sets and all the actors. Um, the uh, the uh, that I think that Criterion Blu-ray is probably still in print, but uh, maybe actually I don't know. I remember somebody telling me a couple years ago they were having trouble finding it, so I, it might be still in print. I don't know. I mean. Uh, it's also a good time for this month with the Criterion Sale. It gives you an opportunity to take a chance on some films that maybe you weren't comfortable paying full price for. Because um, I know Criterion's get a little little pricey. Um, they're about $30 or so online uh, at normal price, $30, $35. And uh, I've heard people say that. People say, oh, they're, they're $40 normally. And I'm like, man, that's if you buy it at Barnes Noble. You know, it's, it's, don't buy it in store, man, at, at that price. I mean, I... Jeez, there's not a lot of films I'd pay forty dollars for, you know, uh, uh, let alone just a random Criterion film. But um, uh, yeah, Solo is a cool film. I'm a big fan of that film. Uh, it's one of the films I've mentioned before that I think gets unfairly grouped into. Uh, people look at it, a film like that, and it's a film with extreme content in terms of upsetting content. But it's a, it's a great film on its own. And um, that's another thing, too, is that a lot of some films that are, quote unquote, extreme that, you know, get labeled as like controversial or this or that. Um, I think people sometimes unfairly write them off as as just that. Like, oh, they're just extreme for extreme sake. And, yeah, there are films like that, of course. But um, I think a film like Salo uses the extremity to um, push the story. And I think it's, that's why it's there, because if you look at a film like that and it's upsetting and it's, it's disgusting. And, but it, it, it's, you know, that's the point. You're not supposed to watch it and, and feel happy about it. The ending is supposed to make you sick. I mean, it's just, uh, the last time I saw it, the ending just totally hit harder. I was just like, wow, man, that's a great, it was one of the film, it was one of the things where when the film ended, I was like, wow, that is a great film, man. And, it, um, I think people just kind of sometimes get upset. They, they see the content on a surface level and just completely write off the rest of the film. Um, and I've, I'm, I'm making these sweeping generalizations. Obviously, I can't do that, and I can't make uh, uh, generalizations in terms of um, everyone. I'm just saying from what I've experienced, and I've um, people who just are quick to um, not even give a film a time of day because of, of a certain content. Um, it's interesting, is all. I pass is always a very interesting filmmaker. I've only seen a couple of his films, but I've, I've liked quite a few of them. 
Um, and I recently watched, well, I, I shouldn't even say recently, uh, last year or so, maybe a year before I watched uh, the Pasolini film that uh, Abel Ferrara put out uh, that he made with Willem Dafoe. It's just interesting. It's, uh, it's uh, right, I forgot if it was right after or sometime after um, he had completed Solo and uh, his life after that and, and what actually happened to him after that because uh, that was his final film. And it just reaches a while the film to end, to end your uh, career on, but uh, famously killed man. It's uh, that that whole story right there, and uh, the that's a film that's not really about. It's, it's interesting the way it does it because it, it's about you know the last uh, time with Pasolini, but it's it's also uh, very reflective and fo- and focuses on some other characters as well. It's very interesting. I I don't think I quite. Um, I think the idea of it, I think, would have made for a very good film, but uh, it, it's, it wasn't a film that I particularly was too fond of. But uh, Willem Dafoe was a, did a very good job in, in the role. And Abel Ferrara as well. He does such, such interesting work that sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but at least he's, he's doing something. I haven't seen his other Willem Dafoe film that came out a couple years ago. Um, I did see his documentary. Um, what the hell is it called? Uh, the Projectionist, I think it was what it was called, about the... Um, the guy who owned the cinema in some part of New York. I, I forgot. And that's a film that, that's a pretty good documentary as well. That's one that's, uh, the, the first half of that is a really good story. And the second half kind of trails off a bit. And it's more so about, um, uh, uh, just interviews a lot of people and stuff. And that's not a bad documentary. I think Kino put that out. Yeah. Kino did put that out. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it's okay. It's not bad. Um, Mabel Ferrara as well. He's, he's an interesting filmmaker who just does a lot of different um, work. I recently watched uh, King of New York with Christopher Walken, who is a Ferrara regular, and Lawrence Fishburne. That's a really terrific film. That that just got a 4K from Arrow uh, last year, I think. That I think that and Crash came out around the same time, to my knowledge. Um, but anyways. Yeah, like I was saying before at the beginning of this episode, this, this episode is uh, a little little loose in terms of probably should have had a film to talk about, a couple films to talk about, but that's all right, man. It's been such a crazy week that it's uh, been a little of um, hectic getting everything together, but that's all right, man. I just want to put up the episode as is, so let's see what else we got here, man. All right, where we got there. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, if if take advantage of the of the sale, take advantage of the sales while they're going on because there there are there's a lot of good stuff out there, man. Um, the Kino stuff especially. I uh, they have about quite some some like eight hundred titles on sale, and there's a lot of good stuff there. I was, I was I only picked up a couple of titles, but um, there's a lot of good stuff on there. A lot of good stuff that uh, I don't actually know when they do their sales. I think they do one in March, and I don't know if they'll do one for the rest of the year or not. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff there, and um, also take a, take a chance on a lot of films too. Uh, every, every kind of sale, I try to um, pick up stuff that I've never heard of that uh, just based off the cover or the cast or something like that. And sometimes you find some good stuff, and sometimes you know not so much. But I, I find it to be a very uh, fun way to discover films. Uh, a film a film that I discovered. Uh, was the reincarnation of Peter Proud? That was actually a pretty cool film, man. That's one that I actually might be getting a remake sometime soon. But that's one that I had never uh, wasn't familiar with before. And uh, weirdly enough, after I saw it, is when I started hearing more people talk about it. And maybe I don't know if that was a recent um, at the time a recent Kino um, 
a title. But uh, that's a very cool film as well about kind of just like, you know, reincarnation in a way where this guy comes back and, uh, well, and I won't give it all away, but um, that's, that's a really cool film as well. And and, uh, and some other stuff. Actually, that's how I found out about um, uh, a lot of Harold Lloyd stuff was uh, when Criterion was having a sale, I, uh, I wasn't familiar with his work at all at the time. And so I picked up The Freshman and I loved it. I thought it was great. And then from there, I saw The Kid Brother and Safety Last and Speedy and uh, I mean, safety last especially. That's that's, that's pretty much um, my, maybe my. I don't know if I'd say maybe my favorite silent film. That's a little. I don't know if I want to make such a big um, claim like that off the top of my head, but it's definitely up there. It's a pretty. It, it's it's a film that. Uh, uh, it, it, it it's just a miracle of filmmaking and a miracle of comedy, and especially the 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 whole final twenty minutes or so, uh, which goes on for a while because the the climbing in the building is is a visual spectacle that and, and it's a visual spectacle that uh, uh, keeps up the pace and keeps up the tension, and it's uh, um, just a great tool for uh, uh, in terms of making a film uh, of. Gosh, sorry, I'm trying to open up this file here. Of what's well, used in the foreground, what's used in the background, the, uh, the the whole story about how they film that sequence is, is is pretty spectacular, and and him hanging off the clock. I mean, it's a it's a film that even if you haven't seen the film, the, the imagery especially is pretty well known. But um, I, I think as well. Uh, I mean, his other work as well. Harold Lloyd, I think, is is uh, such an interesting was such an interesting guy, and especially his relationship, uh, his friendship with. Um, I say relationship, not not romantically, but uh, reading. I recently read Cary Grant's uh, a biography on him and and their uh, 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 friendship there, and uh, some of the stuff that's going on at the time. And yeah, Harold Lloyd, man, is a cool guy. Definitely a cool guy. Um, all right, man. I'm actually gonna cut this episode, man. I don't wanna. I don't wanna be talking ear off over nothing. So I'm gonna end this one right here. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I'll try to be a little more focused next week. Try to get a little more of an idea. But this week's been so busy, man. Let me tell you, and so much to do, but so much is getting accomplished. So that is all that matters, man. This is where I'm gonna end it, and I will be back next week. <laughs>